Hi, I'm Michael Williams, Artistic Director of Sydney Writers' Festival. This recording and the festival itself take place on the unceded lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to ancestors and elders, past and present. We hope you enjoy this conversation from our 2021 podcast series. Hello, everybody. It's a great honour to be invited to speak here tonight, and I'd like to thank the Sydney Writers' Festival. In 2006, I was in Darwin for a Writers' Festival, and I was feeling terrible. I knew I was getting sick before I left Melbourne when I burst into tears because my youngest son wouldn't drive me to the airport. He wanted to watch the Anthony Mundine fight. I can still hear his voice coming down the phone in 19-year-old disbelief. Are you crying? I got up to Darwin and worked hard. Another children's author hadn't turned up, so I was doing extra sessions, soldiering on with Codrell, as you did back then when cold and flu tablets still had the good stuff in them. (laughs) But I was feeling sicker and sicker. The day before I crashed, I did a drawing workshop with kids in the gardens, went for a run, swam a kilometre in the Nightcliff pool, went out to dinner and then on to Throb, doing tequila shots and smoking Indonesian cigarettes. I guess I thought I was invincible back then, but maybe I was just stupid. The next day it was becoming harder and harder to breathe and my chest felt as though I had a bird trapped inside it. Finally, my oldest and most sensible friend who I was staying with insisted on driving me to hospital. This is crazy, I told her. (laughs) They won't even look at me. (laughs) I'm fine. Well, she was right. I was sick with pneumonia. That little bird in my chest was my heart in atrial fibrillation. It was straight to emergency for me, onto a trolley, hooked up to beeping monitors, just like on ER. Every now and again, the beeping noises would change and someone would come over and check me out. One time, the machine let out a very loud and scary continuous beep and they grabbed the trolley and raced along a passage to somewhere. And as I watched the white walls whizzing by, I saw a big mural and realised it was a very bad copy of an illustration in one of my books. (laughs) Ernie dances to the didgeridoo. That's my picture. I panted to the nurse and she just rolled her eyes. I think I stayed in emergency for a few days. Some peacekeepers in East Timor had been ambushed and a lot of them were there. The busy Royal Darwin Hospital was really stretched. I had sepsis and I was in a bad way. Sky-high temperature, low oxygen, racing pulse. I panted for days and it was exhausting as I was running marathon after marathon. From my intensive care bed, I could see a little slice of blue Darwin sky and I used to imagine I was out in that sunny world. Finally, the medical team decided to put me into an induced coma and intubate me. Eddie had arrived in Darwin by then and a doctor said to him, we cannot guarantee a positive outcome for your wife. I was excited about being knocked out and not having to keep panting. I thought I'd go to sleep and wake up better, but it wasn't like that. I slept for a while, but then I woke up in a world of darkness, even though I couldn't hear anything, see anything, and had no idea various friends and family were sitting beside me. I wasn't completely knocked out. I couldn't think or wonder, but I was awake enough to know I was cold, it was dark, and I was really uncomfortable. Just those three things, dark, cold, uncomfortable, going on forever. It was the most horrible experience I've ever had and has left me mortally afraid of ever being in a coma again. 
I was in this ghastly place for what felt like weeks. It was six days, awake in my primitive form of life, but completely trapped. Every now and then the frustration would reach a peak and then I'd tense my muscles furiously. The black became magenta for a while and it was a nice change. My friend Helen, who was watching me, said the nurses would say, look, she's having another hissy fit and my vital signs would change and I wonder now if those times coincided. My lungs, my heart, even my kidneys were struggling and the doctors were talking about dialysis. It must have been a tough time for my family. And then the numbers on the machine started to improve. I was getting better instead of worse. They stopped giving me the drug that was keeping me asleep and waited for me to wake up. Except I didn't. After two days, the doctors told Eddie to expect some brain damage if it went on for much longer. Of course, I didn't know anything about this. I was still stuck in limbo in the dark. Finally, in that black, cold, lonely place, I heard Will, my oldest child, calling me from far, far away. Mum, Mum, wake up, Mum, open your eyes, it's me, Will. It was like swimming through tar trying to get to him, immensely hard to get through that cold darkness, but I pushed up and up and my eyes opened. My vision was like a snowy TV screen, but I could just make out the familiar and lovely shapes of my family's heads. When I looked hard at Bear, I could see her beautiful eyes properly and I was back. They were all weeping, very pleased that I'd woken up and later told me that they'd been planning to tell me that I'd been asleep for six years. <laughs> and that Bear had two children, but Miguel had taken them back to Peru. <laughs> it was two weeks before I could leave hospital. I was so weak I couldn't hold a cup to my lips and my body looked as though it had been tortured. Every time I slept, I had wild dreams that carried me with such force that waking was a relief. Slowly, slowly, I got strong enough to leave the hospital and then to fly home from Darwin and then to ride my horse again. It was a wild experience, as though someone had tied me to a log and thrown it in a raging river. I was never in pain or afraid, but it's a journey that's left me cherishing every bit of every day, and I'm so happy that it's in within reach. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to and rate our channel wherever you listen to your podcasts.